3: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, episode 19.
4: This is Writing Excuses Intrigue.
3: 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry?
4: And we may or may not be that smart. (laughs) So, Dan, when we were preparing this episode, you said, Oh, I forgot our names, didn't I? You forgot no, our names. A, you know, I forgot what, our names.
5: It's it's more intriguing if nobody it's knows more who, who we are. <laughs> who
4: are we? And <laughs> I am question mark. Um, you said, well, what's the difference between intrigue and yeah, mystery? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask because we
6: said, oh, intrigue. We've done suspense and mystery, but we've never done intrigue. So I wanted to ask, what?
4: <laughs> Mary, what? Oh, you, what?
6: We're not saying names.
3: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Uh, I think they'll know which a, one I am. a secret it. cabal of <laughs> <Right>? writing podcasters. <laughs> we're all so, wearing masks.
6: You guys can't see it.
3: So the, um, the for me, intrigue is something that turns up in a lot of different uh, a lot of different forms. But it's very specifically about questions and uh, people who are deliberately hiding things.
4: So Okay, yeah. Characters who know different things from other characters. And yes, there's the genre of intrigue, Mm -hmm. which is based around the spy novel sort of thing, um, which is different from mystery and suspense. That's an actual genre, but there's also every book you're going to write, someone knows something someone else doesn't.
5: Stake in the ground. Putting Mm -hmm. a stake in the ground. Uh, Mystery is when the, the author is hiding things from the reader and intrigue is when the author has the characters hiding things from each other.
3: Right. Right. Okay. Good. But
5: I mean, you can have
6: both. Yeah, you, you can have the
3: both going on. You can yeah, stories, yeah, but,
6: yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, which is why I was like, this is this is an aspect of storytelling that we come up with a lot. How do you how do you deliberately hide things from other characters without doing that coy thing? Right, where you're withholding from the reader and making them frustrated because right. they can tell that you're withholding information to falsely build suspense.
4: Or the yeah. other big problem is where you don't let characters talk about things they would normally talk about. Right. Um, in order to further the plot, you do want them to hold information from each other. But my my agent calls this idiot plotting. Yeah. Uh, avoid idiot plotting, where one character, if they would just wake up and smell the coffee, so to speak, that everyone else would recognize, or if they would just say the thing that every normal person would say, mm-hmm. you have no plot. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, uh, one of the, the tropes that I see a lot that frustrates me is, um, what's going on? No time. Come with me. And then, Ugh. you know, they, 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 they're they then walking and not talking about the thing. Mm-hmm. So I was just reading uh, Diana Rowland's uh, uh, Revenge of the Demon, and Someone said, what's going on? He said, I'll tell you as we go. And he does. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because that raised the stakes for me because I knew what was going on and I knew what was at stake and -hmm. I knew exactly what could go wrong.
5: what's fun about that sort of a scene is that it gives you the opportunity to write snappy, uh, uh, fast-paced dialogue that's more fun
3: exactly but what was also happening in this scene was that the characters were masking their emotional response to what was going on from each other and the tells were obvious she's like i can i could t- he she could tell that he was holding back about something right but it's not it's it's not it's not the author withholding right. information that the character would have divulged naturally. Okay.
4: So, so how do you do this how, how do you make this work How does he do it? How do how do we do it as writers?
3: So one one thing you can do, depend. I mean, there's when we say it. um, One of the things that you can do is you can have a character. So you've you've got a character who is keeping a piece of information back.
2: Uh
3: Uh, You can do a couple of things. One is have the character, your POV character, notice that they aren't saying something, uh, right. some, some physical mannerism. So you can flag that. Uh, you can think that their response is odd. That's a strange response to this. Uh, so you, you, can, you can signpost it that way. Right.
4: I would say that one of the big things you have to do here is you have to make sure your character motives are expressed well. Yeah. Um, you can see the big difference between a plot where, man, these characters, if they would just talk this book would be over and, oh, I hope they talked. you know, he eventually is willing to reveal this secret to her. The difference between that is when you're in the character, you understand why they're not talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And if this is only one way to do it, but if you can get across to me that this character legitimately, who they are, would not discuss this issue, then I'm on board with that as an obstacle in the relationship. If you can't, then I'm going to be feeling like these characters are idiots. Yeah. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of other
6: reasons beyond, you know, dragging out the suspense that you wouldn't want characters to talk to each other. Right. Right. One of my favorite scenes in all of literature is the big dinner party in the first part of Dune, where they have arrived, and it's basically just intrigue right and left. It's one of the tensest scenes in the book.
5: I forget. Dune is uh, third-person omniscient? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay.
6: And so uh, because it's omniscient, he's able to jump, you know, from head to head and... You know, one person will say something and then you get to see three or four different characters' interpretations of that. What does he mean by this? Is he mm-hmm. trying to suggest X or Y? Is he on our side or not? And so, you know, you see that kind of thing, um, you know, in a lot of political
4: thrillers.
5: When you know, you can and accomplish-
4: this, is, this is the big difference between intrigue and mystery. Mm. Yeah. Is Dune is a great example. There's no mystery because you know who the traitor is. Yeah. From the get-go. The mm-hmm. suspense is you waiting for that to drop. The intrigue is that space in between where
3: mm-hmm. you,
4: you know who the traitor is and you're finding out why they're keeping their secrets. Well, and you're without going
5: third-person omniscient, uh, one of the tools here is to have uh, your POV character talking to someone else and, and then in your next scene... That someone else is the POV character. And once you are inside their head, you figure out that they've been lying. And and that is a reveal that draws you forward. Oh, that thing that I just thought I learned I didn't actually learn. Oh, this is something different. Oh, what my what the previous chapter's POV character thought he was seeing and sensing is actually this. And you can bounce that back and forth and carry a reader forward very nicely that way. Sort of a spy versus spy.
3: Yeah. The, the challenge when you're doing all of this is not only how to plant the information, but also how to keep the reader from feeling like your character is stupid from not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tricks that I use for that is having them um, look at a character's behavior and say, oh, I wonder why they did that. It could be this, you know, A, B, or C, and they settle on B, but it was actually C. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I give and I give them a solid reason for misidentifying it, which also helps with red herring the audience sometimes. Yeah. But but it, it at the same time it is planting the real reason as mm-hmm.
6: a yeah. The more I think about you know the different books and stuff uh, that use this tool, often you know the, the big differentiation from a mystery. Whereas it's, it's not one innocent person trying to figure out what's going on, it's different people trying to deceive each other. Yeah. And yep. so why do I not figure out what you're mm-hmm. saying? It's because I am trying to not let you figure out what I'm saying right. at the right. same time. So there's different levels of deception.
5: Right.
4: This is moving it into the intrigue genre a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. more where um, people are deliberately hiding secrets from one another. Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, I, invite, I invite someone out to dinner, I say I. POV character invites yeah. someone out to dinner and the real intent is not, I want to go out to eat. The real intent is, I want to propose. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And that yes. is a level of intrigue right. that is full of tension and full of suspense, especially if you know what the character has planned. Yeah. Because this can go terribly, terribly wrong.
6: Yeah, I, I think that that is a key that really makes this work well, is you know, when the reader knows what the characters are planning. Yeah. And so it, it's not a mystery. It's, it's literally, let's just watch how they go about achieving mm-hmm. their plan.
3: Yeah, I recently read a really good book written by one of our podcasters, which I will try to talk about in vague terms because they do exactly this, mm. um, which is that there is a scene in which two characters are talking, and one of them is approaching the conversation assuming that the other one is lying to them,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and the other one is not. Ooh, Okay, that's
5: sort of a reverse of this. And
3: it's fascinating. Well, clearly
5: you weren't reading Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all reading, so it wasn't me. Oh, intrigue.
6: (laughs) I know.
3: Um,
5: You're so easy
6: to fool, Howard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the The thing that that was working really well in this is that the p o v character was constantly trying to figure it out, and watching that that thought process of trying to put the pieces together was part of what kept it moving forward mm. uh, and at the same time, one of the things that was working was that my knowledge of 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 how people interact was giving me because i was was giving me the ability to go I think he might be misinterpreting this. So that's one thing that you can mm-hmm. use is to to play with uh, societal expectations, you know. Right. Common experiences that that you know that if someone is sweating and it's a 90 degree day that actually they're probably hot. It's not maybe that they're nervous.
4: Right, right.
5: So the POV character was listening to someone believing that they were an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and you the reader were able to treat the POV character as an unreliable narrator. narrator. Yeah. It was really Whoever great. Wrote
4: this
3: book is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it was just, it was a tour de force.
4: It was Mary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. completely.
3: We're <laughs> talking
4: about her as if she's not here because she may or may not, <laughs> she she may be, or may right. not be yes. here.
3: Hey
7: writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off
4: Book of the Week, Dan, you were going to tell okay, us about
6: yeah, A Spy yeah. in the House. A Spy in the House by Y.S. Lee, uh, narrated by Justin Ayer. Um, this is historical fiction. It doesn't have any uh, overt genre elements of science fiction or fantasy. It's just straight-up historical fiction. But, uh, you know, is, is odd in the sense that it is Victorian London and starts off with a 12-year-old girl rescued from the gallows for thievery and she is put into a special school that is secretly run by the agency, which trains young girls to be detectives. And then, uh, you know, we jump forward and she's now 17 years old and is placed into someone's house as a paid companion in order to spy on them and figure out this smuggling ring and how wow. it works. so it's
4: like Victorian female James Bond stuff.
6: y uh, a YA Victorian mm-hmm. female James Bond, like it... It pushes every button I have. It's, it's phenomenal. I
3: want this book right it's now.
6: really fun to read. Um, and, uh, you know, it's basically what we're talking about. It's, it's all intrigue all the time. As, as, as The more we read it, the more we realize, wait, there are so many people lying to each other in this book. And that's why she can't at first figure out what's going on. Anyway, uh, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, get a 30-day free trial and pick up if you would like. A free copy of uh, a Spy in the House um, by Y.S Lee, which is, by the way, the first of a series of
4: four books about the agency. So let's lump jumping off of that. Let's talk about intrigue the genre for a little bit because we've talked about intrigue in all different genres, but it is specifically its own thing, the spy mm-hmm. genre. Um, what can we say about this genre? No, spy, and I want to add political, because okay. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would most say...
6: political thrillers, um, House of Cards, okay, while yeah. it is wildly melodramatic and a lot of people uh, think it's silly for that reason, it is a, a master class in people lying to each other and, and uh, deceiving each other. Okay, so what makes it work? What makes these genres fun to read? Okay, so going back to House of Cards, since I was just talking about it, we know what the main character wants, what Frank Underwood wants, and we know uh, we don't know exactly how he's planning to go about it. But the fun of the show is watching from episode to episode. You know, this is how he is slowly worming his way into the position he needs to be in, and it is a very long con game that he is essentially playing. Uh, in order to gain political power. And so step by step, you know, we get to watch the intrigue of, oh, why is he suddenly concerned with this one particular senator or with this one particular bill? And then we slowly kind of piece together, aha, I see where his plan is. And the reason that works is because we know the long game. We know the answers. There is no mystery. It's all just watching him weasel his way around Washington.
3: And I think what you're saying about the Knowing the answer, that part of what is working with the intrigue really is knowing the mm-hmm. character motivations and that part of what is fun, part of what makes it something that I want to read, is watching how they pull it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and watching the doublespeak. You
5: know? Yeah. I think another good example of this uh, in terms of uh, uh, television is, um, uh, gosh, now I've forgotten the name of it, uh, Blacklist. The mm. Blacklist with... Uh, Yeah, Spader. Oh my goodness, the uh, his character uh, Reddington, um, the agendas that he has that he is hiding from everyone else. um, Yes, there's a mystery element to it, but I love the way every conversation is laden with uh, somebody's lying, somebody's dangling bait, somebody is, uh, and and sometimes the bait is. I'm I'm saying something, I'm revealing some emotional piece of me. I'm I'm connecting with you in a way that, okay, I'm actually lying to you, but now I've got what I want. And it's it's fun. Every episode, every
4: episode does that. So I would say part of the fun of this is the tension of telling lies. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time a lie is told on screen, we get a little tense because we're like, ooh, what's yeah. gonna happen? Because when that lie comes out, can they dodge? Mm-hmm. The ramifications, can they keep the lie going? Um, the Miles Varkosikin books basically start with, here's a little lie, and how far can this lie go? And it is a blast.
3: Yeah, I think the the thing to, to note there is that the lies are the action. Mm-hmm. And so there have to be consequences to the lies in order for oh, good it point. to be mm-hmm. intriguing. Uh, yeah. and, and the other thing is, we've also been talking about, is uh, that Howard Pointed out was knowing the character's agenda. It's not just what they want, it's what their plan is, what their agenda is. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is um, the emotional stuff. That one of the things that when we've seen a character who is lying all of this time and they finally pick someone to tell the truth to, that it represents a layer of trust. And when it's two people that we want to see team up together, we're kind of rooting for that moment to happen. Right. uh, Which can... Backfire on them, or I mean, it. Mm-hmm. You there's a lot of different ways you can go, and that again raises the level of when, when it's of, one-sided, and you
5: know, one of the characters yeah. has decided to open up and be trusting, and the other character has been waiting for this moment <laughs> because this is this, this oh, is what they've fun. been working for. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I
6: remember there's a great moment like that in one of the Tom Clancy books, you know, which are are military thrillers, but but transition eventually into political. And uh, there's two characters we've been following for several books, and eventually they team up and trust each other. And you realize, oh, wait, this is the first time this character hasn't
4: been lying to someone, and it's marvelous. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to cap it here. This is a really great discussion, but uh, we are running out of time. Before we go, though, and before our homework, I want to mention that in two weeks we have a special episode coming up. We did previously a project in depth on Howard's bonus story. In two weeks, we're going to be doing a project in depth on one of Mary's books of noble family, which should have just come out either recently. What's the what's the release date?
3: It's uh, the 28th of May. It's 28th uh, uh, of April. Of excuse April. Me.
4: Okay, so it should yeah. have come out a, um, a few weeks ago. Uh, so we're giving you two weeks' warning so you can read this book because we'll be talking about in depth. Um, how Mary did the world building specifically in this book. So your um, homework is um, I want you to write a dialogue where two people each have a different subtext and motive. They're things they're hiding from one another. And the reader has to figure out what each of those things are through the course of the, of the dialogue. All right. This has been running Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go right. Writing Excuses is a secret government organization dedicated to the control and policing of albino fruit bats. It does not exist. Thank you for not listening to this non-existent thing you don't know about.